Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Andrew Bowser. And I'm Sapphire Sandalo. And welcome to Alter Weekly. Coming up on the show, we talk with Pierre Sigaridis and Dina Silva about their female-led slasher short, I Who Have No One. Then we talk with David and Nick from Paranormal Solutions, Inc. about their background in comedy and just how skeptical of the supernatural they really are. But first, Sapphire, how was your week? How are you doing today? My week was all right. Okay. Um, so today I actually went on a hike at Franklin Canyon. Have you been there? I don't know if I have been to Franklin Canyon. I'd imagine, um, but I can't say for sure. It's one of my favorite spots in LA just because it's always less crowded than Griffith or Runyon. So if you need like a nice little hike that you will not run into anyone, like it was a Sunday and the trail was empty. Um, Love it. There was families, but they were all spread out. So that was nice for that. Um, But what was wild (laughs) was that on the drive there. Okay, let me back up a little bit. So on Thursday, I visited my grandma and I was with my cousin and I've, I've mentioned the owls thing on this podcast podcast before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like I just see owls all the time now. And I was with my cousin and then I saw this owl statue in a parking lot and I was like, holy crap. And I took a photo of it and I was like, oh, my God, I'm starting to see them again. And then today when me and my husband were driving to the park, I saw this exact same owl statue on top of my neighbor's house. And I was like, oh, my God, has that always been there? Like, why have I never noticed that before? And I texted my cousins and I told them about it. And then we're driving down Melrose Avenue and I see more of them. And it was the exact same one. So I'm freaking out. And then my husband's like, What? Why are you freaking out? And I'm like, You wouldn't understand. Have you not brought up the owl thing to him before? Um, I can't I honestly can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) He's not, he is not a believer. Right, right. That's what makes this story so embarrassing for me. So we're driving along and like I, you know, we're driving so fast. So I can't take a picture of all the owls I'm seeing. And then we stop at a stoplight and I turn to my right and it's a Dunkin' Donuts and there's a freaking owl on the top of the roof. Oh my God. A, a real one. owl. Oh, a, a fake, fake one, one, fake one, fake one. And I was like, oh my God. And so I pull out my phone and I take a photo of it because we're finally stopped. And he's like, what are you taking a photo of? And I was like, it's the <laughs> owls. They're everywhere. And he was like, oh yeah, they put that on top of buildings to scare birds. And I was like, oh my god (laughs) this whole time and this whole time i was texting my cousins yeah they're following me and they're like what if you discovered some underground society or something like you should oh my gosh i was going so deep and then in one sentence my husband just just leveled it (laughs) but and then i was like so deflated and i was like oh but then so here's the thing, though, even though now I know <laughs> I might know why they exist on all of these buildings. Yeah, I truly 
never noticed them before. Right. And that's kind of the whole point of synchronicities and stuff awareness. It's like, yes, all of these things were here. Nothing has changed. The only thing that has yes. changed is my awareness of them. So the way I see it is like, why am I noticing them now? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> honestly, crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that about the owls, though, either. Right? Yeah. You're going to start seeing them now around. I will. Life. I'm sure I will. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, Sapphire was right. The <laughs> Owl Society. It's like some kind of uh, Illuminati conspiracy. Owl Illuminati. Owl Illuminati. Oh, boy. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> News slash. That's right. It's time for your news slash. Jamie Lee Curtis is in talks to join Eli Roth's Borderlands film. She is nearing a deal to play Dr. Patricia Tannis, Collider reports. Eli Roth said, Working with the iconic Jamie Lee Curtis has been a lifelong dream of mine. I am so excited for her to bring her humor, warmth, and brilliance to the role of Tannis. Watchmen writer Stacey Osei Kufour is writing the new Blade movie for Marvel. The Hollywood Reporter says, Marvel has spent the last six months meeting with writers in what was described as a meticulous search with which Mahershala Ali was directly involved. Only black writers were seriously considered a reflection of Marvel's focus on diversity and making representation a key factor. Mira Sorvino and Courtney Cox are going to stars with a horror comedy pilot entitled Shining Veil. It's about a dysfunctional family that moves from the city to a small town into a house in which terrible atrocities have taken place, but no one seems to notice except for Pat, played by Courtney Cox. Pat's convinced she's either depressed or possessed. Turns out the symptoms are exactly the same. Everyone has their demons, but are Pat's real? Or is this the portrait of a typical family torn apart by mental illness? Mira Sorvino will play Rosemary, who is either Pat's alter ego, a split personality, her id, her muse, or a demon trying to possess her. And that's it. That's your news slash. News slash. Filmmakers and friends Pierre and Dina have made a female-led homage to Maniac with their slasher short, I Who Have No One. We talked to them about their love for horror and the message behind their madness. Pierre and Dina, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to uh, have this conversation with you. Well, thank you for inviting us. We're super excited to talk about our film, really. Yes, we are. Well, first of all, just tell us about how this short came to be. It all started with um, Dina asked me to do like a, a little reel for acting. Um, and from that, we did like a comedy thing. Uh, and eventually we were like, we wanted to make kind of like slasher, obviously, because we, we both love slasher films. So um, I guess we wanted to make a slasher that people would uh, want to see. Uh, and Dina was such an amazing actor actor that she wanted so that we quickly figure out like okay you're gonna be the bad guy basically we're gonna make a movie where you're the bad guy when we me and pierre met under crazy circumstances just randomly at a at a get together in la and and but now we've been good friends for three and a half years and so when we were there and i was like dude if i want to kind of be in it and he's like yeah of course and I was like, cool. And I was like, can we, you know, like, let's make her weird and, and deep. And, and he was like, well, let's make it about like, what, you know, what do you go through? And I was like, well, being a big girl uh, in, in, in the world of Hollywood and, and acting, so, you know, there's a lot of 
you know, when you're in those rooms and you see all those chicks and you're like, damn, you look great, Stacy. Like, congratulations on the glutes, man. It's like, always a Stacy, too. It's always it a Stacy. It's always yeah. a Stacy. <laughs> uh, and so he was like, let's write about that. And we wanted to make something like really 80s, really 90s, like the stuff that we grew up on, you know, like the the Jason and the Scream and the, you know, all those masked serial killers. Really what I had in mind when we started doing that is to have like kind of like a female version of Maniac. And, and yeah, we wanted to um, create a character that is struggling with how society tells women to be pretty a certain way of pretty of being like this is how you need to be to be happy and successful and what happens if you don't fulfill those requirements that the society yeah. uh, forces you to do and that leads to a, a struggle that eventually leads to violence and, um, and acting out of sorts you could exactly. say yeah, that, uh, yeah you mentioned maniac what about uh before i who have no one what's in your your horror dna what did you watch with your your father that you bonded over. And Pierre, what did you watch growing up? Uh, well, I really started out with serial killers and slashes. The first thing I watched was obviously probably Halloween and Scream. I was obsessed with Scream. And so quickly then I was drawn into anything that had like a mask and a knife. So yeah, you name it, you everybody knows who these, you know, boogeymen are. Um, and eventually I, you know, I expanded my my interest into like anything in horror really. Um, so yeah, now I love everything, really. Well, Dina, what about you? What were those movies that you bonded with your father over? Straight trash, actually. Yeah, my <laughs> <Yes>. dad <laughs> was like, we didn't. Uh, my dad's uh, my dad's Mexican from Mexico, so uh, my mom hated horror, all about the love story. And so after she would go to bed, I'd wake up and go into the living room, and it was like, I know what you did last summer, Lake Placid, um, Anaconda. Uh, I mean, uh, like, these just, are all amazing movies. Yeah, these are these are all Sapphire's <laughs> favorites. But yeah, they, no, they are amazing. Like, they're my favorites for sure. Like, Firestarter, fucking the Blob, all these things. Um, but never, so being Latino, you know, Catholic, and never demon movies. Never mm -hmm. anything about ghosts. Because once you watch it, Mika, they come in. Mika, you let a door open. And this it's comes like, up on this podcast so much. I know. Dude, straight up, like, Latino fathers, they don't fuck with that shit. And us, uh, dude, my dad's like, you're not playing around with Ouija's, right? And I was like, no, dad, dude, it's film sets. We're not. He's like, okay, don't make them do it, you know? Yeah, so it was just always those. And my dad's also a scared person. And so my dad would always be like, are the doors locked? Like after we watched the movie, go, you don't tell your mom. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and of course I'd be up the rest of the night just being like, holy fuck. Um, well, has, yeah. he seen, has he seen your short? Yes. And so he, he, he likes that. Uh, he has a thing, cause it's the machismo of the Latins. He goes, Mika, well, like, what about, you know, guys are gonna see that. And what about if they think you're crazy? Like they, you know, cause you're not. <laughs> And I'm like, Dad, that has nothing to do with it. And he's like, yeah. I know, but I'm, you know. But no, he loves it. As long as there's no demons, man. Yeah. The dude is all for it. All yeah. for it, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask about the gore in the film. Uh, there's a lot of really great moments and a lot of convincing moments, which I know is harder to do th than doing it cheap and easy. What was that like on set? You made quite a mess. We did. <laughs> we did. Well, first, I want to say, 
we had uh, Keio uh, Miyamoto, who's like uh, our go-to makeup, uh, mm-hmm. special makeup artist. Uh, she's great. Uh, so she, you know, has to take a lot of credit for that question. And we have also my uh, uh, um, a French friend who does VFX, uh, who actually put some VFX blood in the movie that I will not tell you where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so he and he did like fake blades uh, in VFX. So we wanted to make it super practical, obviously, but there's still VFX that's like hidden here and there. And I think he blended the two things together. Now, Dina and I, we also did our own um, um, gore that we had prepared before the movie. So then when our makeup artist showed up, she had a lot of stuff to work with because we obviously we wanted to make a, a horror film for horror fans. So we had to know and it was about like stabbing and stuff. So we needed to kind of be um, on the ball. But we were adamant, right, Dina? When we, we shot did. any scene we did, we would never wrap. <sighs> before we we could lock the gore. And one of our favorite phrases is, there's gotta be something in there. There's gotta be something uh, in there, but we gotta- <laughs> But we, we gotta, gotta make sure, but gotta it was always said, we didn't it. say it before. It was always at the end, just be like, not to be like, I think we got it. It was always like, there's gotta be something in there. Yeah. But that was always at 3.30 in the morning. But you know we put, I mean? yeah, we put blood at, we basically, put in, there was, bl- my camera was covered with blood. The lens oh, was covered with blood. Be, yeah. Um, we, we created so much blood. Ko had her nice blood. We had the blood from She had more like a like, pump, a giant pump with more had, blood in a, yeah. It was she had like lot. brushes with blood. The goal to get the perfect blood work in, I mean, like splatter or whatever in the shots really pushed the performance in a way and, yeah. and everybody on the crew because we were so obsessed and irritated. And- I love blood on my face. Can I just say that? I love it. I love the feeling. I, I wanted to ask yeah. that. I, I, it felt like watching your performance that you uh, were not inhibited. It felt like a very liberating oh. performance. Did you find it to be? I think making horror films is some of the most amazing art in the world uh, for the fact of everything there's so much art that's made either by the props the prosthetics the 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 blood that goes into it and as a character especially if you're the villain having the it's like instant satisfaction if that makes sense having that blood on your face is like when you finish your painting you know or you finish sewing something or paint i i don't know it's just like this not saying that i'm a serial killer uh but you know what I mean? It was just like this point of, I loved it. And th- there's the end scene after I kill Ian with the dumbbells of when like I spit out the blood and I just like, and that was after like so many takes and just being like, fucking love it. It was so <laughs> much <great>. fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time for a segment we like to call Crazy Cues. This is a string of random questions that we find to be very revealing about the guests. Uh, if they have answers for these questions. So let's start off. Let's start off with crazy cue number one. Have either of you found yourself in a kind of real world horror scenario? So I will say I have two things to say real quick. One is yes, I have been in a position that was really freaky. Um, actually, multiple times, but one was quite freaky. So the only thing I can tease you is that yes, I did have something with a Ouija board and it that had to was do with quite frequent. Yeah. It had to do with a Ouija board. It had to do with someone who was not really into it or was not 
um, believing in it and not respectful. I was the host of the Ouija seance. So I was like, kind of like trying to entertain everybody. And I was surprised to see how people actually reacted to it and how it was, how entertaining it was. But then eventually it turned into one of our friends really not feeling well and doing something weird so wow, um, wow. i said so, I, I, I will respect I will it say, it's yeah. it's staying at that but i know sapphire wants to know I'm more i'm dying to know <laughs> that's okay now i was just gonna i was just gonna add to this otherwise i have some really really terrifying sleep paralysis that i don't know if you could would say it's a horror you know uh-huh. related well, sure. like, situation but um I kind of have like the full package of sleep paralysis, which means I can hear, I can feel, I can see. Do you ever experience seeing a shadow person or any yes. kind of? Uh, I yeah. see a, I see a man. I see a man, and he's naked, and he's all like, kind of like dark, like like a, a, a black skin, but like uh, like coal, like a uh, charcoal. Wow. And bald, always bald, and um, with like long nails. One wow. time it was a woman, but ninety percent of the time it's a man. And it's it doesn't want to reveal itself too much, but sometimes I can see, never see the face, but I see the hands, I see the crooked hands. Um, Interesting. I feel the breathing and I hear the voice, and it speaks to me in French. So it's a wow. French man. It's a French man. Yeah, it's uh, it's very vivid and. Sometimes he can even hurt me, but then it, it, the pain lasts for, for a second. And then I realize it's usually it's like towards the end of like whatever happens. I don't know how long it lasts, but it's very, very violent. I get, I get like bullied sometimes at night. Um, yeah. You should film yourself sleeping. I, I, yeah, I know. That's how it is with uh, Sapphire and I talk about, I, I have nightmares frequently and I, I have to, when I come out of them, I have to stay awake for a minute or two. And oh yeah. Even Otherwise maybe get on right my back. phone. Yeah. I maybe get and just do a lap around the house even before I lay back down. Cause if I fall back asleep, it'll just be right back to, hey! yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and usually the second time is worse for me. Yeah. It's like, uh, so yeah. So do either of you have any super spicy hot takes about horror? Okay. Well, I, okay. So I have two hot takes. The first hot take is I believe that Black Christmas is better than Halloween. Dude, oh. this was my hot take a couple weeks ago. Remember, <laughs> Sapphire? Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I, <laughs> I think it's just so much better. I think it was not advertised correctly. I think yeah. uh, mm-hmm. maybe the fact that he doesn't have a mask, that Billy doesn't have a mask, didn't really work at the time. Mm-hmm. I will just expand real quick on how much better it is. It's better because... I think it aged better, even though it might look a little. I have watched Halloween again, and I think it's like kind of it's more like cheesy. The the acting is not nearly as good. Black Christmas is so much more relevant to now. She's mm-hmm. pregnant. She has a, like the, the the main character has so much going on. Yeah. And then there's this freaky killer in the house. The killer is terrifying. I'm sorry, it's way more terrifying than any Michael Myers. Michael Myers is silent when he takes his mask off. You can see it's like some blonde surfer looking guy like whatever um billy you do not want to know who billy is you do not want to have anything to do with this guy who's stuck in the attic um i think the camera work is much better on and i will say that Mm -hmm. that's what i said a couple weeks ago yeah 
you know it's so effective um the killer scene where um uh, uh margot uh kidder gets killed yeah while the other one are like the the kids are singing like christmas carols and there's like those beautiful shots <laughs> and it's intercutting like and... it's like more provocative than anything that you watch now that's yeah. putting out there it's like um yeah so yeah so billy is that's billy a over michael myers anytime and i will <laughs> yeah. just and i will just finish with this i don't know if it's true but i heard that john carpenter was obsessed with black christmas he was obsessed and he wanted to do something almost as good and so he mm. talked to bob clark and he was like you did a masterpiece and bob clark was like yeah uh thank you and he and carpenter said you should do the sequel because billy doesn't die what happens to billy and he said well if i were to do a sequel but i won't he said if I were to do a sequel, it would be that he was, uh, Billy was uh, put into a mental hospital mm. and he escapes on Halloween night. Oh man, I've never heard uh. that. If that's true, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. That is that is some tea for a, a horror podcast. That is some good Heck tea. Yeah. tea yeah. 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 And I'm wearing my Halloween hat, but nice. I also agree. I really think Black Christmas is, is more effective in many, mm. many ways. What are your guys' thoughts on the remake then? Well, oh, we uh, did a whole podcast. We did a whole episode. Because <laughs> yeah. I need to watch it. I. Mm, uh, you need to watch friend. the podcast, not the movie. Yeah, watch only the podcast. We did a whole episode. Movie, sadly. Yeah, we did a whole episode comparing the three Black Christmases, and and uh, none of us on the show were excited by the most recent remake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's oh, yeah, black. well. Yeah. Dina, Dina, what is your hot take on the horror genre? Um, You've got a hot take? I do. I got a hot take. I, I'm not a fan of, of torture porn. Even though I made a film where I brutally murder people, uh, I don't get why we're connecting um, buttholes to mouths. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like uh, my kind of torture porn, which I dig, I think has a little bit more, uh, how would you say it, like smarts, uh, would be like misery. You know, that's a torture right. porn, but it's, you know, it's a little bit more classy. I don't know. She doesn't reveal on the first date kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm just not a torture porn person. I love blood and guts and suffering as much as the next guy. Uh, but sitting through two hours of Stacy getting, you know, her eyeball chopped <laughs> off and like white goo coming out. And yeah, that's hostile. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to name any names. So like, oh, whatever. But everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. it's just like, some of the things like the first hostel, like for sure being, I unfortunately never had funds to travel as much as I would have wanted to, uh, except to like Mexico to go see like my tia and abuelita. But like, you know what I mean? Like if I were to go to Europe, you know, it did scare me. I was like, fuck, I'm going to get murdered. They're going to take me. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, but then like, I just think of some of the other ones, just like Human Centipede, it's kind of a cool idea for sure. Um, but just that's just not my thing, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people go like, "How can you really like horror to kind of appreciate the gore?" Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. think that's too hot of a take. I feel like most yeah. people would agree. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think yeah. there's a difference. I do like torture porn. Uh, like, us, I, yeah. yeah. Sapphire's the most inclined, I think, to like torture porn. I'm not porn. obsessed with it, but like, I I see the value. Yeah. yeah you you see the value. I get that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was just my hot take because sometimes when in conversation like we're just not that into it like, but yeah. that's what horror is hmm. more gore and i'm like yeah but you can do gore you know in such a you with know, meaning 
I, I, yeah. I like it when there's like some like I actually do feel like there was like some type of message with hostile. Okay. Like there is a message, but like terrifier. <laughs> okay, we got terrifier. For instance, I had a blast when she got sawed through the hoo ha. I was like, damn! I, I was <laughs> gold star for fucking originality, man. But ter- terrifier has say. more of a kind of like a self aware. dimension to it where it's like it's kind of like over the top visually boogeyman crazy where hostile or other torture porn could be more kind of like oh this is reality and we want to make you like kind of like so much like a warrior and see like those people suffer for so long that it you know terrify wouldn't make the same effect i feel like terrify is like kind of like a cartoon with crazy blood everywhere it's like ah you know it's, yeah yeah and he's so great he's such a great baddie such a great such a great villain. Movie, man yeah I mean, well let's wrap it up with this if either of you could exist within a horror film not have starred in the horror film as an actor but be a character in an existing horror film what world in what film would you want to live in i'm the funny person usually so i'm gonna die about the second person in um so if i'm gonna have a great time in something, I think like one of my favorite 80s horror films is The Blob. Yeah. Uh, 1988, man, I think I, the kills in that are- That movie rips, that's a, yeah. Kiss. Dude, it is so underrated. It really is. I rewatch oh my, that often. <sighs> yes, and you should. I rewatched it with my uncle and my brother and we were laughing and just like, oh my God. Yeah. Some of the, just, it's touche. So you wouldn't uh, mind so, yeah. going out that way? You wouldn't mind going out encased mind, in the blob? You know, just encased in the blob. <laughs> you know, one of my ex-boyfriends being like, is that Dina rolling down the <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Fuck it. That's great. Well, Pierre, what about you? <laughs> oh, I'm going to sound so much more like a douchebag or like an egocentric person. <laughs> but if I were to be... <laughs> If I were to be in a horror film, I would not want to go like by the blob, <laughs> by D- like Dina. <laughs> I would like to be kind of like a vampire and interviewing with a vampire yeah. or Coppola's Dracula. You know, like this kind of like classy, cool looking, immortal vampire that can still be terrifying, but like flirty and and immortal. and it's yeah. Hot. And just hot, hot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just hot. So, those are really those are great answers because they're they're on such separate ends of the know. spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah live forever like... and just be like a hot guy forever. <laughs> Dina wants to die inside and of a know... blob. <laughs> That's great. After this year, yeah, fuck it. let's go. <laughs> I'm good. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you both for joining us. This has been a great, Thank great you. conversation. <laughs> Thank Yay. you. Thanks for having us, guys. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You can check out Pierre and Dina's short I Who Have No One when it hits Alter February 15th. David Milshard and Nick Carella are a few of the minds behind the supernatural comedy Paranormal Solutions, Inc. Here, we talk about their favorite episodes from the show and what cryptids they'd like to see in a second season. Well, thank you both for joining us on our show. We're really excited to have a chat with you. We love talking about paranormal stuff, so we're really excited for this. Us too. We're just excited that people want to talk to us. Uh, <laughs> at all. So this about is anything. Yeah, about anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we could talk about paranormal stuff. We could talk about the show if you want, but like you know, I have other interests. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about Paranormal Solutions, Inc. and how it came to be, how it came to fruition. Well, uh, Nick, I'll I'll hop in real quick. Um, I'm David, Um, one of the creators. Uh, Paranormal Solutions, Inc., it it came from a a, a little idea I had a long time ago called Ghost Pals. Um, And I started talking with with Nick about it. And then we it was like a, a forest fire of positivity. It, it, it became this bigger idea where why be just contained to hunting ghosts or, or getting rid of ghosts? Why not believe in everything and make a profit? And that, that was the, that's how the idea started six, seven years ago. Mm. Oof, long time. Well, do you each have an interest in, the, in horror or the paranormal or supernatural outside of this series? Is that what led you to the subject matter? Or were you coming at the subject matter as a skeptic or as an outsider? Uh, what's funny is that, um, you know, I, I'm, always, I'm super intimidated by answering that question only because I don't want to come off as like a, a poser. But no, uh, it's I, okay. I'm super, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super like afraid of like, violence and like paranormal like i i would say that like i I, on the surface i'm a skeptic but really i think truly i'm a i'm a believer like i get freaked out real easy uh david on the other hand is very much like this character and is like a true skeptic uh and finds like horror fairly hilarious i I see the profit margins in it like (laughs) everybody likes horror everybody likes sci-fi I love comedy. How can I put comedy and sci-fi or horror together? Yeah. And get, you know, maybe some cash. <laughs> and some laughs. Yeah, I was going to say, because the cash part did not work out. Like, I don't know what, if that was the plan. That's, that was like a really bad plan. Um, kind of like Jared's plan in our show. The, the that's character- true. He has a plan, but it never works. That's true. But, but I will say, sorry to jump in there, but I will say that like uh, I was a big fan of like shows like uh, like uh, this is aging me a little bit, but Paranormal State, you know, like and yes. and like, fascinated by like characters like Chip Coffee, you know, and I think one of those one like the like medium, and I really believed that he was talking to people, you know, and I was like, this is like, uh, so I, I I personally felt that the idea of you know kind of 
adding the sort of like behind the scenes of the behind the scenes, like the idea of like seeing who these people really are and actually having our show be a journey of people who start out as full on money seeking skeptics that have to be forced to be believers is sort of, uh, was, uh, you know, a really uh, kind of interesting thing to tackle. So, so, you know, I'm not a complete poser. It's just that, you know, you, you need to be, it needs to be proven to you. You're waiting yeah, on the proof. For sure. Yeah. In fact, actually, in fact, actually, I wish every day, every day, I wish that I could see a ghost so that I know that the curtain will just not close on my existence. You know, I yeah. just really, I would be so relieved be like, be like, Ugh, and I'd be like, yeah. thank God, more. <laughs> Finally. I, yeah. I want to believe. Yeah. I want to believe. I just, I need, um, I just need more proof. My stepfather was a scientist. And so it was always like, it's just physics, David. Without giving too much away, because when this podcast goes up, I don't think the altar audience will have seen every episode, but was there something that you didn't get to incorporate in the show, a specific cryptid or entity or occurrence supernaturally that you didn't touch on? Well, because we believe in everything, there is really a million things we could have we could have touched yeah. on. But there were, I think when I like, I feel like the with the eight episodes we did, we kind of touched on the ones that that really uh, inspired us the most. Yeah, um, and some of them being traditional, and some of them not being traditional. I mean, we can say that you know, there's a leprechaun involved. Yeah, um, that is again, true. see that that leprechaun. One, though, I will say that David and I had major debate because he felt that the idea was very stupid. Uh, and I, uh, but I was more in love with the idea, Leslie, because when you started saying that, when we, when we really discussed about everything being possible, I was like, well, why are we limiting ourselves? So David was the first person who brought up like, well, then if we're talking about paranormal, can we also do aliens? We started having these like different thoughts, right? Like, can we cross everything? And same, like, well, yeah. Everything is everything, right? So then the leprechaun thing, but I was really obsessed with, um, you know, um, with the viral video that we featured in the show. And I really, really wanted to, incorporate that sort of aspect see i like to go a little bit off right like this is where for me i'm like when i when i presented with a challenge of something being stupid i want to show you actually that can work um <laughs> but it, yeah but in the future i think i'd love to like explore a lot more uh, honestly like besides just the kind of north american culture like at first i would love to do like indigenous north american culture uh if you know if that's not appropriation to be honest but i i think that i think at the end of the day it's like it would be really nice to, you know, incorporate some of the little known, little known sort of um, entities because, you know, it, 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 everyone's kind of used to seeing like vampire, werewolf, zombie. I'm over zombie. them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and even so when we tried to incorporate them, we tried to incorporate them in a way that we hadn't seen yet, you know, yeah. so we tried to try to do that a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, we definitely... We hope we get to do more so that we can, you know, we kind of try to set ourselves up so that we wouldn't run out of plot lines. That was the whole yeah. thing. Like, everything means everything. Well, I'm curious to know, how did the ensemble for this come together? Because it's a great mix of comedic performers that are all kind of on a different wavelength. You know, no <laughs> one's operating, no one's competing with each other in terms of energy, which is a really hard balance to get, I find, with ensembles especially in comedy how did this group come together for the show 
we're all, uh, we're all friends. So that was, that really helped. Um, um, I mean, being up in Canada, we, you have two really strong hubs for, for the film and television industry, Vancouver and, and Toronto. And we were living, at, I was living in Vancouver at the time. And these were like our pals, right? And the thing is, I think part of the reason why we even talked about doing a, a kind of a paranormal show is that if you look at all of our resumes, you know, they shoot a lot of paranormal, like supernatural, all the sci-fi kind of like movies, all those, the monster movies, they shoot a lot of those out in van. So it's like, we, we were all kind of versed in those worlds, but then in terms of talking to the ensemble, so we were first of all writing for our friends and people that we thought would be good for particular tropes and that sort of thing. But also, you know, um, like David, uh, David's like an improv monster. Like he's really, really talented. And a lot of us have like a, um, improv backgrounds. So the thing is that even though it was a scripted show, we also know a lot about like sharing the moment. Like you don't need right. to everyone to, to, to do that. Like in, even we kind of structured the episodes a lot of times. So like this character is the focus of this episode. This is their episode. This is whatever. So we really knew how to step back because at the, at the end of the day, also being Canadian actors, a lot of the times you have to always act the lead anyhow because <laughs> you're never get to be that person. Um, right. So, so uh, we, we had a lot of that too. But yeah, it, it, it was really, really, we were really fortunate to be able to just put the people we wanted yeah. into, in, into, into the roles, you know? Uh, Dave, you can talk a little bit more. You know, Michelle, you know, uh, was a key creative, but she was also the director and she also, she had like, she had a very strong hand in managing and balancing, you know, when, when a certain character slash actor was, was to be showcased and, 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 and supporting that. And then also, you know, the, the cast was great. Um, you know, my wife plays one of the characters and, and, uh, Julia Benson, uh, my wife, Christina Sicoli and Julia Benson plays the, my love interest or in, in the, in the show, everyone had like, we had a nice set in the sense of like, what are your ideas? Uh-huh. What do you want to bring? And, uh, everyone brought great ideas and great suggestions and knew when to step forward and knew when to be like, Hey, this isn't my time. So it was really great. And Michelle's got a really good way of also being like, when you try something that doesn't work, she's like, again, we're not going to try that though. Uh, that's cool. You know, like, <laughs> it's, you know I, it, you're not really yeah. that bad. You know, you're right. Okay. Or we got that take. So we're good on that. Now do it a different way. <laughs> yeah. Do it the way it was written and the way I want you to do it. Right. Right. <laughs> what about just favorite episodes from, from this, this eight episode series? Are there any standout episodes or moments mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of physical gags. There's a, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's good character beats. There's good monster stuff too. Um, and as horror fans, you know, that resonates with me. Um, but what about for you? What were some of your favorite moments from these eight episodes? Well, I'll, I'll jump in here. I, I probably resisted it, uh, uh, at the first, but the Yeti episode, <laughs> the bromance, the Sasquatch, <laughs> I actually, you know, uh, because it was a diversion from what we were doing. And it also kind of sets up some great things we could do in multiple seasons where it's like we can just follow one character predominantly and and visit their paranormal experience on their own. So uh, that, that episode, that's episode four? Four. Yeah. Well, we have collected a few voicemails from Alter listeners that I thought we could play here on the show. They're people that have had real paranormal experiences. And Whoa. hopefully as I play them, we can all hear 
and then weigh in. I'm going to try to just play them directly from my phone so we don't have to mess with too many technical things shifting. All right. Is everybody ready for the first one? Yes. Hi. Um, so I'm calling up not for a solution so much, but um, I would like to hear to know what side of the debate that you guys would sit on for this story. So I used to live in, in London where there's lots and lots of very, very old houses and also the blitz happened. So there's all sorts of weird things going on there. And um, I had what I thought was a very friendly presence that lived in my house. My friends hated it. So I would like to know if you would be on my side or theirs. Um, the stories that they did, um, most of them were very benign. It was like, I, you know, we'd, we'd close all the curtains, we'd wake up, all the curtains would be open, um, doors opening, taps, all that sort of stuff. Um, but the one that really um, freaked my friends out that they were not very um, pleased with was that every so often I would wake up and it would feel like I was being hugged, but there was no one in bed with me. It was just the ghost <laughs> um and 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 i didn't really see a massive issue with it because they you know it was it, it felt very loving not um uh mean or um uh, malicious in any way but my friends all hated it and made me move so i want to know what you think about that thank you wow so if i heard this correctly i'm not sure if i speak english though or that version of english um uh, is that uh, is that she had woke up every morning to a ghost hugging her? Yes, that there was her friends, but not her. All right, yeah. David, I'm gonna take this first one, and the next one's gonna be on you. Okay, and I take this first one. <laughs> I think that the way that the Paranormal Solutions team would have to approach this is that we would have to counsel her through how to sort of like come out to her friends for this relationship that she's going to continue with this this ghost and it really said it's about getting the t it's, it's really not her problem it sounds like she's having a wonderful life and that this ghost is quite loving and then <laughs> i think the, the the issue is that we would need to really convince her friends to accept this interdimensional love affair and um and but then again the twist would be that maybe we find out that the ghost is hugging everyone and so then it has to be then it becomes like a a bit of like a, a breakup, right? Kind of like a point of more, more of a heartfelt episode. Entitled My Ghost Boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, My yeah. Ghost. But again, we don't need to even gender that ghost. That's, That's the right. too, where it's like that ghost, that ghost could really just be its own entity. And maybe that's one of the things that this person needs to come to grips with is that they're like, they're like deity sexual, you know, yeah. or like, you know, that sort of, I, this is where I would go. See, this is why David says my ideas are stupid. No, I, no, <laughs> listen, we are a great balance. We are a great balance. I thought, my first thought was like, you know, the episode would be really short. It would be like, oh, you're getting a hug from a ghost. What's wrong with that? And then roll credits. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I tend to, uh, I don't have an issue with a ghost that just opens curtains and closes curtains or cabinet doors and all right. that. But I think once it got to the uh, unexpected hugs, I'd need that ghost to go. I'd need that ghost to. You don't like random unwarranted hugs? <laughs> I don't think I would. I have a problem. I have nightmares at night where I wake up screaming. I think if I also felt something that wasn't there <laughs> holding me. What if the ghost like, like 
closed and opened a cupboard three times, which signified I'm going to hug you any minute if now. That, if I could deduce <laughs> some kind of ghost, um, uh, what do they call it, Morse code, <laughs> that I knew a hug was coming, I'd be more receptive to it, yes. Yeah, this sounds like a deep, like, consent uh, episode. I'm really... Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm could like, use it yeah. to unpack that, yeah. Also, though, because because now 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 that now she said you didn't mind, so that that's fine. But part of right. me is also like, it, it is kind of like the audacity of it. Maybe that's what the friends are trying to talk the to them about. Is that is, is 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 that the friends are saying, you know, this relationship goes only one way. You can't hug back, right? You know, they're, right. this ghost is really demanding a lot of you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I think this is a, this is a relationship, and then of course it brings out Jared and Sarah's divorce. Oh yeah, this is this is very deep. Okay, yeah. thank you very much, person in England. So let's listen to one more voicemail. This one's a bit longer, but let's see what this person has to say. Hello, my name is Shannon, and I'm going to talk about my possible um, paranormal experience that I had. I was staying in a house. I was on a set that I was pr the production designer for and basically I was, was manning everything uh yeah staying overnight and it was a house that was built in the 20s in Texas and I'm not easily spooked I was super down to do it totally fine I was just gonna stay up pretty much all night and dress the house and around 4 a.m. I was talking to a friend on the phone and I noticed that there were a lot of cockroaches around the house. It was really strange. It felt like there was none there and then all of a sudden there were gave me kind of this weird feeling. I had no idea where they were coming from and I kind of searched the house and see if any windows or, or whatnot were open and I finally went upstairs and one of the bedrooms uh all of the walls are pretty much covered in windows, and just three walls. And they were windows that you push open that had latches on them. And all of the windows were open. And I who had been in that room, I was there like a couple hours before then, just making sure everything was set for the shoot the next day. And definitely didn't open any windows. <laughs> Uh, immediately, I started freaking out, and I locked myself in a bathroom. And in the bathroom, there were this bathroom I had not gone into yet. Uh, there were Barbies that were like in the boxes, but pinned to the walls. And I immediately was like, "Wow, cool! So a serial killer lives here. Um, this is great. Definitely not gonna survive this one. And how did I get myself into this? I have no idea." And I called my friend back, who I was talking to, and asked him to come over. And he woke up and went on his bike and, and biked many, many miles to to come and make sure everything was fine. And we looked at everything. You know, he looked in all the closets, and nothing was, you know, suspicious. Nothing seemed to, you know, there was no foul play. And, yeah. I am very convinced that there was some strange energy for sure or force in that house that night. I have no idea. I can't explain it, but yeah, that's my paranormal story. 
Um, if you have any explanation, let me know. Initial thoughts. Wait, did anything paranormal happen? Only if something? you assume that something paranormal had pushed open the windows and that maybe something. Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and right. then there were also dolls, but that feels a little more like, yeah, serial like killer. Like a cult, like, or a like cult. a serial killer, or like a cult. I mean, that's paranormal, right? You know, like, yeah. uh, the cults, like calling people up, but that definitely, I don't care how much the job's paying. If right. I saw Barbie's pinned to a wall, I am out of there. There's yeah. like, there's no, <laughs> that is no, like what's, what's, what's really paranormal about this is that you yeah, had the, the gumption to stay. Yeah. David. Well, again, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but first of all, locking yourself in a bathroom, you always have to have an escape route. That's true. Lock yourself in one location. Like what are you going to call out? The, the, the air fan, the vent, the down, yeah. the, you're done. Okay. <laughs> So on that alone, I'm like, I'm a little bit shocked. And plus, if she'd never been in the bathroom, what type of like movie was it? Like, was that part of the set deck to have Barbie dolls pinned right. to the wall? Um, right. And then in terms of cockroaches, listen, there's lots of phenomenon to that show that like insects do kind of weird things and they come out in, in the millions all the time. Locusts, you name it, it happens. Caterpillars, all they all do it. Snakes even. So... Um, I, I don't know if it was necessarily that paranormal. Now the windows, I don't really have an explanation for the windows. <laughs> Unless it was freshly painted and she didn't know that someone opened up all the windows to dry yeah. and air it out. So That's true. All right. It sounds very, very logical, David. I have <laughs> an alternate theory. Um, it's not necessarily paranormal. It's human-based. But there was somebody there to murder her. And, the, and that person opened the windows, left bait for cockroaches to freak her out, to get her into the bathroom. But then she spoiled the whole fun for this killer because her friend had to bike several miles. Although in a horror movie, if you called a friend and you were like, get here now, I'm freaked out. And they're like, I'll be there in two and a half hours. hours. And they get on their bike, you'd be like, well, they're dead. <laughs> yeah. clearly, clearly it was an indie production. Yes. yes, yes. If, the, if their friend could only afford a bicycle to get no, there. No, they're in Austin. They're in Austin, Texas. They're, uh, you know, they're like green They preferred people. the bicycle, right. He had a perfectly fine working car, but then he got on the bike. That's right. He's like, wait a second. Hold on a second. How fresh do the Barbies look? Like, were the Barbies pinned there? The windows are right. open? I think you have a couple hours to survive. I'll do what's best for the environment. I'll ride the bike. Like yep. you're not in imminent danger yet. You know, have you heard anybody? You know, have you seen anything like that? One to 10, considering the impact of gasoline and a combustion engine on, are you like six out of 10 scared? Or are you <laughs> nine? Is, it, is the real horror what we're doing to the planet? Is that, <laughs> is that what's really the thing that we're doing here? So listen, if you're still alive, I'll get there on the bike. Uh, but that that's, is a horrible experience. Like, uh, like these are things that, if she really thinks that those are unexplained, like I, I need, see, this is the thing is that you would need to do the follow-ups, right? You would need to do the follow like, yeah. did you call the police? Uh, did you check the newspapers? Uh, did someone escape? Like uh, that's, yeah. that's very, or like, does someone really not like you mm-hmm. and really wants to just like destroy your, your mess with you? Maybe yeah. the police is upset with your budget for your, you know, for your production budget, your costs, your material costs. You're like, 
you said, oh, I'll do it for 20K, but you end up billing for 40. And they're like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to freak this person yeah. out. <laughs> Wait till she Actually, sees these Barbies. <laughs> Actually, you know how, what year was this? I'm sorry. I just did a really quick Google search. In 2018, the Barbie killer. No, I'm just kidding. I just. I just <laughs> oh, I was, oh, oh, wow. So invested. Uh, that would have been amazing. I couldn't keep it. I couldn't keep it. I tried. <laughs> well, Nick and David, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a blast. And uh, I can't wait for people to watch Paranormal Solutions, Inc. It's, it's, it's a great series as a horror fan and a comedy fan. So thank you so much for making it. Well, thank you for having us. Oh, yeah. You you were so very kind to us, the both of you. Thank you very, very much. Before we sign off, here's what's coming up on Alter. On February 12th, episodes three and four of Paranormal Solutions, Inc. Armed with their new slogan, we believe in everything. Six hapless but passionate semi-successful ghost hunters attempt to grow their business and become real players in the supernatural game. Then, on February 15th, I who have no one. After years of wanting to look like those who grace the covers of magazines, Francis ends up making headlines in a different way. And on February 17th, the night bell. A nurse's new job at a morgue disintegrates into a nightmare as the female corpses come to life. That's all for this week's episode of Alter Weekly. Until next time, stay altered. You can catch new episodes of Alter Weekly every Thursday. Get it wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe and download. Alter Weekly is produced by Andrew Bowser with theme music by Sapphire Sandalo. Alter Weekly is executive produced by Stephen Michael and Lauren Palmer at Gunpowder and Sky. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.